Welcome to the Popcorn Talk Network. For the online broadcast network that features movie discussion, news, and interviews, press one. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. In a world where action movies are constantly exploding at the box office, our heroes take on the monumental task of dissecting and analyzing all aspects of action movies to truly understand what it takes to make a great action film. Ben Bateman, Andrew Guy, in a Popcorn Talk Network exclusive, this is Action Movie Anatomy. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. Welcome to Action Movie Anatomy on the Popcorn Talk Network, the online broadcast network talking movies and all things movie related. Today we're doing the best movie of all time. This is so exciting. (laughs) This is Action Movie Anatomy. We talk about action movies on the show. Uh, We love action movies. I'm Ben Bateman. This is Andrew Guy. We're blue. It matches the ocean. Yes, and the sky. Sky. (laughs) Um, Guys, Point Break, the original from 1991. We all have a favorite movie. Whether or not it's we the do. best movie of all time, whether or not it's the greatest action movie of all time, we all have a favorite movie, and this is my favorite movie ever. So uh, it's sweet. If you're a it's new viewer, really I hope I haven't scared you off. <laughs> I just turned it off immediately, blew out their eardrums. Um, yeah, this. What was exciting about this is it's very rare that we get to show each other movies that we've never seen before. Really, yeah. Like you had never ever seen The Patriot ever ever. Yeah, I'd seen Point Break once, 10, 12 years ago on TV. Yeah, remembered nothing about it. And it's your favorite. And The Patriot is one of my favorites. So this is this is awesome. These are the episodes that we like live to do. Yeah, this is. I always, I said for a long time, like when we started the show, that when we did this movie, finally, I wanted to have like Keanu and like John C. McGinley, the Ghost of Swayze, all sitting in the room yeah. with us. I think we can. I think we can rest assured the Ghost of Swayze is sitting right here with I'm us. I'm pretty positive he's here. Yeah, but uh, you know, the two man shows have been a, a great deal of fun recently. So I think yeah. that this will work just fine. The body basta. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, 1991, directed by Catherine Bigelow. Let's talk about what we do on the show. So, number yeah. one, we do action movies on the show. They uh, usually are made after 1981. That's not, like, a hard, fast rule, but that's kind of where we start. Uh, the four rules of action movie anatomy are that, number one, the hero always plays by their own rules. Johnny Utah definitely plays by his own rules. Rule number two, the hero and the villain are always the smartest people or beings or things in the room. 100% the case in this movie. Uh... Oh, definitely. Is Keanu the smartest person in the room? He figures it out. Or is he just there? He puts it together. I just like to surf. No, he definitely put he definitely puts the whole thing together. You see, is the smartest person in the room. What's the matter, Johnny? You look like you saw a ghost. Forget about it, kid. They are ghosts. That like that <laughs> that reference cut to is so, so stupid. Sweet. It's like everyone says that. It's like you look like a black cat walk by. He's like, <laughs> yeah, no, it's amazing. It's like the Austin Powers. Yeah. I'll stay. I'll stay. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's number two here in the villain are always the smartest people. Rule, rule number three, the, the movie is driven by a police, military, political, or mercenary figure. Political means they could be the man or work for the man, so they could be an MTA operator in the Taking Pelham 1, 2, 3. He's oh a cop. God. He's definitely... Uh, he's definitely a cop. He's so definitely a cop. 100%. And rule number four. I am an FBI agent. agent. Uh, rule number four. There is at least one explosion. This movie is laden with explosions. Is it? Oh, yeah. He, they blow up a gas station. They, oh, yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> a good one, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there, I feel like there's at least one other one, but maybe that's the that only That shot one. of him with the flamethrower and the mask is, like, probably the most iconic of the movie. I would say so, yeah. It's I was, super sweet. I was asking my good buddy, uh, producer on the show I work with, what his favorite moment is, because it's his favorite his favorite movie, mm-hmm. and he said that that's the shot. That's his, that's it's his best shot, yeah. Because yeah, it's so creepy, he's got the Reagan mask, and it's in slow-mo. And he's just lost. Yeah. 
It's yeah. so awesome. Um, yeah, that's how this works. So uh, this is Point Break, 1991. The new the new remake of this movie is actually just coming out here in a couple of weeks. It comes out on Christmas, so we're going to be covering that as well. But in the meantime, we're going to get into this one. So why don't we uh, why don't we watch the trailer first? Yeah, and then we can get into action movie tagline. Let's do it. How's that sound? <laughs> that sounds radical. It's an okay trailer. Yeah, it's that kind of it's kind of that time. You know, 91's a rough time for trailers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Six. Well, maybe you're not doing it right. Yeah. <laughs> the HD video quality is just astounding. Oh, yeah. There's two shots in this trailer that are not in the actual movie. Oh, yeah? Yeah, they're from cutscenes. Let me just string this guitar real quick while I'm telling you the story. A beautiful woman who doesn't matter. <laughs> I love that line. I taught him that trick. Yeah. I like it. Be a big hero. Definitely. Definitely. The ex-presidents are surfers. You're trying to tell me the FBI is going to pay me to learn to surf. They bill him first? Of course. Of course they do. Hesitation will cause your worst fears to come true. You'll take it to the edge. Pass. See, that shot's not in the movie. No. It's gonna be a great day, Johnny. His hair. Oh yeah. That's not in the movie, is it? Was it? Babes. Yeah, that's not in the movie. No. <laughs> that is in yeah. the movie, unfortunately. Incredible. <laughs> and that's in the movie. Busey was so limber. Yeah. Back then. That's so crazy too. If you think about 1991, like Patrick Swayze, one of the biggest stars in the world, you watch him actually fall out of an airplane and there was no special effect in 91 that was going to make that no. real so yeah. you're watching the trailer and you're like 91 you're like he just fell out of an airplane he totally does a disservice to the film in the first shot of them skydiving yeah because his is so real yeah and everyone else's is so fake so fake yeah <laughs> Sir, my first tube today. Well, because he was an accomplished skydiver. He yeah. like he did he it all it. the time. Yeah, this is a thing. Yeah. It's the best. It's the it's the it's the yeah, fucking best. How excited are you that we have a couple of, like first time viewers today that tuned in just because they like this movie? Is that true? That's true. Oh, I'm so happy you're in the chat today. <laughs> oh my god, this it's is gonna be a one. I'm actually gonna walk away now. It's gonna just be a one man show <laughs> this week. I'm gonna play both parts. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I when I was uh, when I was 12 years old, my older brother, who's nine years old, he gave me this movie on VHS. Mm-hmm. This was like I think a birthday or Christmas present. I can't remember which one, uh, but he gave me this movie. And like you know, you're, you're, when somebody when your older brother's nine years older than you, like you idolize them. You yeah. think that they are the coolest thing in the world. So I was convinced that Point Break. He kind of thought it was like a joke a little bit. Like he had a sense of humor about it. Right. But I got like really into Point Break. And subsequently, Patrick Swayze became my all-time favorite actor. We've we've told this story before, where your brother's done like left movies or given you movies, yeah. and he's nine years older. My sister's ten years older than me. I only had sisters, so I got Clueless. That was what was left for me. That Bridget was the movie Jones' that she Diary picked out for me was that. <laughs> so very different childhoods we had. Strange. It's very odd. It's very odd. All right, so what is, let's get into let's get into our first thing here. Action movie tagline. Action movie tagline. So 1991. Uh, God, look at him just staring back at us. Uh, I'm 19- just leaving <laughs> this up for you, Ben. Yeah, yeah. 1991. This is like the in between of the 80s trailer voice and the 90s trailer voice. That's why I'm just going to do a stupid voice. Okay, you're not going <laughs> to. So for those of Lead you who are wondering, what no. we're talking about is like if if the line was one man against the world, the 80s trailer voice would be. One man against the world. Whereas, like, the 90s show, was like, one man against the world. Yeah, that's the difference. I think that this trailer, 
Uh, I'm not really sure which one, but this is action movie tagline. So the deal here is when we were kids, we would go to the movie store. You would see like a, a big like row of VHS tapes on the wall. And it used to really be in the day, in those days, they would slap these like critical taglines on the movies. Yeah. T- they tend to be a little shorter than the ones we use here. It's a we, hook. we go a little longer here, usually because it's funnier for us. Yeah. But if we were to come up with our own action movie tagline for these movies, what would it be? Now, this one in particular is a little bit of a special one because like one of the examples we use is taken off the box. Ben's written a five page thesis for his tagline. <laughs> uh, but I included some of the example in mine. Do you oh, want to go you? first or do you want to? Uh, sure, I can go first. Yeah. Yeah, why not? Wait, no, because you're going to use the word adrenaline, and then... I'm not using the word adrenaline. Oh, wow. You ready? Of course. (laughs) You're going to have to strap in for this radical ride, where undercover meets underwater. Get ready to hang ten. In your seats! That's really good. good, right? Yeah. (laughs) You're getting better at this. Thank you. Like, we're like this, we get to doing this professionally. I need a job. I need a job (laughs) writing taglines. If anyone out there is hiring, Uh, I want to write copy. My name's Andrew Guy. (laughs) I'm an Aries. I like long walks on the beach. Um, So, So let's hear yours. I'm like pumped for yours. A pulse pounding nonstop adrenaline thrill ride that'll take you to the edge and past it. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty good, right? From the movie. Yeah, yeah, that's great. They'll take you to the edge. Uh, that's my action movie tagline. I was tag really line. proud of my undercover meets underwater. I know, that's great. <laughs> Hang 10 in your seat. This, you had a really good one. Yours is more clever than mine, as, had, as per I usual. I had to. I mean, this is your movie, man. Yeah. You used the tribute. word revolutionary in the Patriot one. That was my favorite thing. Got it all figured out. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, guys, that was Action Movie Tagline. If you want to share yours with us, we have a Twitter. We launched it pretty recently. You guys were so cool. I think you gave us, like, 15 new followers since last week. Yeah. Uh, we still only have 114, but, you know, we're moving. You cannot uh, pass the Andrew Guy Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> I've got 138. Uh, we're at, at AMA Podcast. If you want to follow and share with us your thoughts, uh, or just leave them in the comments. Also, we're on iTunes, so if you give us a rating and a review on iTunes, it helps us stay high in the standings and keep the lights on. We can't do the show in the dark, so we love to do it. And we keep doing it if you guys give us that back. Uh, also, there's other shows on Popcorn Talk, such as Anatomy of a Movie, which is the flagship show. They do mm-hmm. brand new movies every Friday. There's Video Game Movie Anatomy. There's Otaka Movie Anatomy. There's Profiles. Uh, it's, it's a great network, and they're, they're launching new stuff all the time. So check it out. Um, if you want to follow either one of us on Twitter as well and share your thoughts, I'm Ben Bateman Media. Uh, and you can find me at Andrew Guy on Twitter. Yeah. So let's get into the rest of this. We have a thesis statement we're going to share. What we do on this is where we come up with sort of like a, a big, strong, bold statement that is really like a hyperbole almost, like a very strong belief about the movie. It shouldn't just be like, this is my favorite role this guy played or like, you know, this he has the best lines in this movie. It's like this should really be something big. This is the quintessential movie of this person's career or this represents this moment, the end of this person's career or something like that. Um, this is the greatest this. And so uh, we share that. And if you guys want to share them with us, once again, AMA Podcast. Do you want to go first? Yeah, mine's kind of like, uh, you actually said part of mine. Yeah. Uh, this is the biggest film for Keanu in his career, like Turning Point. Yeah. Because it's his first action movie film. We've talked about this a lot. And you see Keanu and, and like who he is now. He has movies like The Lake House after this. Yeah. But he really is like an action star. You know, he does Speed. He does The Matrix. All of them, you know. Yeah. He does John Wick. His biggest success in the last five years has been another action movie. Absolutely. So yeah. this totally rebranded him as an action superstar. And I think Catherine Bigelow was a genius for doing that. Yeah, because she was intent on having him in the movie. They really, the producers, they, they didn't really want him, but she was obsessed. She saw this beach guy 
I think obviously the Bill and Ted thing. Right. And she was like, I can turn this guy into the guy that I want. And she was very counterculture with the way she went about this movie. Even like casting Laurie Petty, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. a, a brunette with short hair with a boy's name as opposed to like your general blonde beach girl, which kind of sort of was the... Yeah, she did a really good job with casting this film. Everyone I'm, I'm really happy with. And, and, and that kind of goes on to say, or what my other part is, is that like Keanu, even more so than Arnold, yeah. is the greatest product of ca- being cast in the right place. Yeah, he's the best bad actor ever. 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 Like, <laughs> every single thing that he's ever killed it in, The yeah. Matrix, this, Bill and Ted, he's just bad. Yeah. But it's perfect. He, I think this is his worst acting of all time. This is really bad. I think you're right. But but in the most memorable way possible. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's it's literally the whole movie is quotable, and largely because his delivery is so poor. Like every line that he says yeah. is horrible. But you crossed the line and people trusted you and they died. Like, that's <laughs> yeah, the way like, that he where's talks. Where's your pacing? <laughs> yeah, it's just amazing. Um, so what I said about this movie is that uh, this movie is Patrick Swayze, the actor, distilled into his sort of purest form. Like, he, this is Patrick Swayze, but it's just actually him. Even the, everything about the character. Patrick Swayze was a musician. He played guitar. He used to play in New York. So there's a scene with him restringing a guitar. That's probably just uh, an improvised thing. Like, he's like, there's a guitar around. Why don't I just do this? Right. Or, you know, Swayze surfed. He was an accomplished skydiver. He was a rock climber. He was a dancer. His sp- The spiritual thing about his whole character, that's just that's him. That's what he believes. So this is the most, like, sort of distilled example of Swayze you ever got to see. And it was him at his peak. The peak of his powers. Because what people forget is, and we talked about this... The most memorable thing Swayze ever will do in his career right. is the Chippendale sketch with Chris Farley from yeah. SNL. Most, I mean, that is what pops into like 90% of people's minds when you mention Patrick Swayze. It's that timeless. in Dirty Dancing. So when you think about guys, and we'll get to him when we do his career profile in a second here, guys that were that sort of, like he was the people's sexiest man alive, people that get that title who are that kind of person, mm-hmm. you're talking about McConaughey's and Gosling's, guys who are like total sex symbols that have talent. Right. And the world is fascinated by them at that moment. That was they can do moment. any. They can do no wrong. So you know? what you had was Ghost, which was the second highest grossing film of 1990. Mm-hmm. You had the Chippendale sketch in the months leading up to this film, and you had Point Break, which was his best role. Why and didn't we pull the Chippendale sketch. We should have. We yeah. totally should have. And the most Swayze Swayze's ever been. But the weird thing is, this is the iconic example of Swayze the actor, and also ironically the end of his career, because hmm. everything fell off after this. So I think that what I will say, my thesis is that. Point Break is the best example of a missed career for one of our greatest stars because his career failed after this. Why City, do you think that is? I really don't know. He had, By the way, audience, Patrick Swayze is Ben's favorite actor of all time, hands down. Yeah, but if you look at his filmography, it's an example of somebody who only had a few hits. Really, I mean, he's remembered as he's remembered as a classic of his generation. Yeah, but his time period that he was actually a classic it's actor. Like the Beatles of acting. It's like three or four years long. Yeah. Because literally, this is ninety one. The most relevant credit after this movie is Tu Wong Fu. Thanks for everything, Julie Newmar, and that's and, in nineteen. And uh, best Arco? movie of all time. No, I was talking about Tu Wong Fu. Oh, yeah. it's a good, it's yeah, a good yeah. thing. No, but I mean, those are the two, like that yeah. and Donnie Darko. And one of them, he's a cross-dresser, and the other one, he, he's like a supporting character who's a pedophile. I mean, yeah. he was... Think about this movie. When this came out, like... So I guess what we can do here is we can get into Fist Pump Moment, because we'll get into his career in a minute. But that's, I think, this movie is the shining example of a missed career. It was up until this, just this last year that I watched Roadhouse yeah. and this movie. So for me, Patrick Swayze was just Dirty Dancing and Tu Wong Fu. Right, you probably and, saw, and Ghost. You probably but Ghost, because yeah. sisters, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes, it was the sisters. <laughs> um, yeah, so I just it's it's crazy. Like when you, I was trying to think of somebody I would sort of compare him to now, who's had who've seen the same thing happen to him in the last maybe five years. Somebody who was at his level, who was that big. Somebody who could have been that on the cover like that, who was in two or three of the biggest movies in, in two or three years, and then just what maybe Will Smith. Maybe he can still do it. I mean, I mean he still can, and he's going to do it. I he might win an Oscar for back. concussion. Exactly. But yeah, he no, I mean, he's one of the people that pops into mind for me. Yeah, um, you know, like in his day, Mickey Rourke, it sort of happened to him. He fell yeah. off. He was kind of that guy. Oh, Sam Worthington. Yeah. Perfect. Maybe like, so. He, he was like on his way to being Sexiest Man Alive, like being in everything. Yeah. And then he just over populated the market with himself weirdly enough he came he so completely came out of nowhere and then also Just disappeared yeah he didn't he didn't even get the three-year run he got the one-year run because yeah, those three like, movies were all it was one like year. two years of the greatest yeah yeah it was crazy but uh in any case that is that is my thesis is okay. that this this is the best example of patrick sways that you'll ever watch and also sadly the beginning of the end yeah yeah and and this is my hands down my favorite patrick swayze role yeah well, he's amazing He's just got that charisma. That's that movie yeah. star charisma. That, that the thing we talk about. And, yeah. and the other thing that that you mentioned was that this is one of those examples of a guy being in the top of his game, being like the pretty boy, the good guy, the hero, the lover, the heartbreaker, and he goes and plays a bad guy. Yeah. But he's not a bad guy. He's an antihero. He's an antihero. He's so sweet. Yeah. It's rare you see it. You don't you don't get to see it very often. It's Heath Ledger. It's, it's like it's like Hummel. Yeah. It's like a true anti-hero who you love. Yeah. You yeah. like him more than the main character. Absolutely. The other thing I was thinking about, too, is watching this movie as a kid um, and realizing the difference in age between the two of them. Like, to me, when you're when you're 12, they seem like they're the same age. Absolutely. Keanu says that he's 25 at one point, so you know how old he is. They never say how old Bodhi is. But he's ageless. He's timeless. Yeah. He's a, well, he's an enlightened being that, <laughs> that that's All right. sacrifices Nirvana to help others. That's, that's right. That's what the definition of his yeah, name is. It's amazing. Yeah. Like, it's the greatest thing ever. Um, no... I think they've got to be 10 years or 8 years apart, right? I think so. Bodhi's supposed to be like early 30s, probably. That's what he looks like. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, it actually made my recasting a little easier than I thought, because I was going too young, and then I realized that I could go a little older if I wanted. So, all right, all right. In any case, let's get into uh, Fist Pump Moment. This is easily one of the most fun things we get to do on the show, especially for this movie, because as it is for the Patriot for you. Oh, I have such a good fist yeah. pump for this. This whole movie is a fist yeah, pump for Yeah, over and over yeah. and over. Yeah. yeah. So uh, the fist pump moment, guys, is when you're watching the movie, maybe you're with your buddies, maybe you're not, and something happens, and it could literally be anything. It could be a whole scene. It could be the music. It could be a headshot. It could, I mean, anything. And the opening credits, and you just watch it, and you just have this, like, yes! This is so awesome! Like, are you seeing this right now? Yeah. Is anybody else seeing this? Uh, that is the fist pump moment. So it's basically, like, the three days leading up to... Yeah, I was watching this movie. <laughs> I was so excited. So excited. Uh, yeah. So what, what's uh, what's your fist pump moment? Okay, so I have a gr- I have a real fist pump moment. Yeah. Like the thing that we always talk about, where you look around, and you're like, how much time is left in this movie? Yeah. I did that. Yeah. I literally did that last night, right when Swayze walks up to wake Keanu up at five in the morning. Yeah. Sir. And I, I, I was, I was just like stoked. I, I didn't know what was happening yet. I knew there was so much to come. <laughs> yeah. And I leaned over to Bateman. I'm like, dude, how much lo- how much longer is left? He's like, forty five. I was like. Wait, what? 45? I was like, no, how much time is left in the movie? You're like, oh, no, we're only 45, but there's like a whole hour left. Yeah. And I was just like, fuck yes. Yeah, Are you yeah. serious? <laughs> like, I'm so excited. Uh, so that was my true, like, yeah. real legitimate fist pump moment. My other one was when Busey and Keanu were sitting in the office drinking yeah. and there's beers everywhere. Yeah. So you're just like, oh, they've just been drinking beers, getting wasted. Yeah. But then Busey just pulls the bottle of whiskey and drinks that. And you're just like, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's amazing. <laughs> the first time you see his teeth is the first time you see when you see him. Is like one of the great fist pump moments. It's like, <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, I I became like so obsessed with this movie in middle school when I was twelve or thirteen years old. Like, <laughs> weirdly enough, I didn't become obsessed with Keanu, but Busey and Swayze became my two favorites. Me and a friend in middle school made T-shirts with the image of Swayze from Drop Zone with the vein on his arm. Uh, I saw like. Every Busey movie I could get my hands on. I'm talking Surviving the Game, Breaking Point. He had a movie called Breaking Point that came out within yeah, one yeah. year of this, by the way. Uh, so, uh, my Hero's Always Been Cowboys, Chrome Soldiers, Drop Zone. Like, just bad movie after bad movie. And oddly enough, over the years, just missed Lethal Weapon. I'd seen it once when I was a kid. So when we did really? it again on the show, and it's he's got the line that we always yeah. quote. Officer Murtaugh. Yeah. <laughs> Don't be foolish. Look at the hardware. So excited. So um, good. All right. So my fist pump moment... This is the hardest I've ever had to think about line and fist pump. That's tough. On the show, like because it's one of those things. I it's my favorite movie. It has to be right. It has to be the one. Yeah. Um, so I decided to go with the fight on the beach at the end, and it's it's after they get out of the water, and Sways realizes that he's got the cuff on, and no! he's like he's like no no, and he's like I told them you'd go quietly. And then you see the helicopter and Sway's like, no! So my fist pump is when he's like, okay, man. Okay. I'm gonna go to jail. You win. I'm gonna go to jail. I'm gonna pay. And Johnny Utah gets his man. Good for you, man. Good for you. But look at it, Johnny. Look at it. It's once in a... My whole life has been... My whole life's been about this moment. It's a once in a lifetime opportunity, man. Just let me get one way before you take me. One way. Come on, compadre. Vaya con Dios. Yeah. Amazing. He looks at it. Takes his hand up. Vaya con Dios. Vaya con Dios. The whole scene. Just the best thing ever. Yeah. The best thing ever. And the guy's like, what the fuck, you guy? You let him go. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. Yeah. And then Get him when he comes back in. He's not coming back. He's not coming back. Yeah. <laughs> just the best thing ever. And I love that the footage they keep cutting to in the scene is entirely stock footage. It's, oh, it's just a completely different place. It looks like it was taken in like the mid-80s. <laughs> yeah. Probably like some beach in Australia, like documenting the largest waves in the world. Yeah. yeah. Just I, no, nothing. They did that earlier. The first time they showed Bodhi surfing, it's like yeah. sunlight, 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 and they're just like dark. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, that, that's the thing is like there's so many moments in this movie that are, that are fist bumps because the foreshadowing we get out of movies like this where it's like, Buddy believes in the fifty-year storm, like a, right. like a line like yeah, that. Yeah, the first time I said, you're like, yeah. this is gonna, we're gonna see this at the yeah, end of the you're movie. You're like, this is gonna be so sweet. Yeah, but I know you wouldn't miss this, Bodie. <laughs> Anybody uh, have any comments? No, uh, I'm reading. I'm reading them. They're, people are uh, they're excited. Good. <laughs> they like our enthusiasm. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> a lot of enthusiasm today. Um, all right, so that is fist pump moment. Uh, there, to be fair, there's a lot more fist pump moments, and they will probably be shared as we go forward. But let's uh, let's start out with Patrick Swayze's star profile. Our uh, our new viewer. Just said, God damn, this show is awesome. Oh, God damn, ah, it is God awesome. damn, you're right. God damn, you're awesome for watching. That's so, right. uh, Patrick Swayze. So, this is this is this interesting. Is what we were talking it's about. Just, yeah. So, Ghost is 1990. Um, Next of Kin is 89. And then Roadhouse is 89. So, here's the, here's like, there's no mystery to Patrick Swayze's career for anybody who's watching and being like, what are you guys talking about? He was a huge superstar. He was a bit part TV actor. Mm-hmm. He was in a huge, epic miniseries in the mid 80s called North and South about the Civil War. Uh, which is not particularly good, but I've no, watched all I've of it. I've seen a few yeah. episodes of it. It's long. It's like 18 hours of television. Yeah. That was made him sort of famous. He got pretty big from it. He was in Dirty Dancing in 87. Mm-hmm. Small stuff, like Tiger Warsaw, Steel Dawn, movies that not a lot of people have seen. Then this stretch, Roadhouse Next to Kin Ghost. What's next to Kin? It's an action movie. It's not pretty, It's a revenge film. Uh, I do love those. It's not particularly good. <laughs> it's got like Liam Neeson in it, I remember. Okay. And, is he the bad guy? 
Uh, Swayze? No, Liam. Liam, I think he is, yeah. Uh, it sounds sweet. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a while, but it, it's not quite good. I really haven't ever wanted to watch it a second time. And yes, audience, we, we will do Roadhouse on the show one day. Don't 100%. worry. The, they're, they're like up in arms about yeah. this movie. He's in. He's also in Red Dawn Sweet. and The Outsiders. I mean, those are like two of the big ones that like people often forget. Right. Um, but yeah, then there's this. There's Ghost, Point Break, and then after that, if you look, you'll be like, why? Why, why? did he take better roles? Like it's like City of Joy or City of Hope, which is the one where he's a doctor and he goes to India. I think it's a really bad movie. He's like, like is it like Oscar. Oscar bait? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but not good. There's Tall Tale. There's Fatherhood. Wild Picos Bill. Wild Picos Bill. <laughs> To Wong Fu. I mean, it gets really bad really fast. Like, it's yeah. very strange when you consider how big he was at the time this movie came out. Yeah, get um, a different manager or something. Something, yeah, yeah. So, whatever. I mean, it it is what it is. Rest in peace, Swayze. He's, you know, yeah, I mean, he's still one of the greatest. And, like, I have this show. Yeah. I love this show. <laughs> Obviously, we do it every week. But, like, it has made me appreciate so many people in such a different light than yeah, I ever had before. Of course, right. Yeah, it's amazing. So I feel about Mel. I mean, I was never like a big Mel Gibson yeah. guy, but I feel like I've... Dude, I've, that's how I felt about Cruz. Yeah. And I love Cruz now. Yeah, of course. And so you got Keanu now, who's like... On the way up. He's on the way up. It's I weird mean, how this movie represented the, the rise and the fall of both their careers. They were both technically on their way up, but then Swayze just didn't go like yeah. he should have. You know, like he was on this run right there to look like the next biggest thing. He was like... He, that's he what was. I mean. He was the guy. Right. But like, then he just dropped off yeah i was watching in the documentary about this and laurie petty's saying she's like when we found out that patrick swayze had agreed to take the role right she's like it was a big deal she of was course. like it was a really big deal that he was going to be in this movie um because i mean the the keanu role some of the guys that turned that role down yeah you know, yeah like willem dafoe and val kilmer at the top of their game johnny depp turned it down uh, do you know they wanted to call the movie johnny utah yeah but then swayze was too big so that yeah. we can't do that we got to call a point break yeah it's crazy so so if you look at reeves's career you know parenthood in 89 which is sweet, by the way. If anybody has never seen the movie Parenthood, he plays Todd, who is the boyfriend, Todd. yeah, of like the you know it's, it's I think Parenthood the show is based off it. I'm pretty it? sure. Okay, but yeah, it's like a it's got a bunch of great like like Steve Martin's in it, and it's got um, Rick Moranis is in it. I think I have seen this movie. Yeah, it's yeah, sweet. yeah, yeah, yeah. My parents, I was a troubled kid. And I, I lied a lot when I was a kid. Like, okay. I was 11 or 12. I'd, like, lie to my parents a lot. And uh, the son in this movie, like, lies to his dad. But he's, like, in his mid-20s. And he gets in trouble with gambling. And he tries to, like, sell his dad's prized car. I should have showed you River Runs Through It. Yeah, well, he showed me this to scare me. Because he gets, like, his hands broken by <laughs> right. And his dad has to, like, let him go. Brad Pitt gets beaten yeah. to death. <laughs> well, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Parenthood's sweet. And he plays Todd. Oh, you know who else is in his Edward Furlong? T one or T two, because he's like the tr- he's like the troubled kid, and so like Todd's the boyfriend of the troubled daughter. Edward Furlong is like the ultimate troubled kid. American History X, like he just yeah. has that look. Well, and then and then uh, Keanu comes in, and he's like, he's like, because uh, the parents think that that Furlong is doing something really nefarious because he's like in his room all the time, mm-hmm. and Keanu comes out, and he's like. Uh, he's been slapping the salami a lot. I mean, like, that's a, <laughs> that was like Chris Klein right yeah. there from uh, from uh, just friends, just friends. Yes, uh, Parenthood Suite. I've never seen. I love you to death. Um, My own private Idaho is awesome. That was also ninety one. Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, very good, but not that good. Right, I mean, the first one was way better. Uh, and then what was there? One other movie there? Well, it was just that in ninety one he also did. Providence, my own private Ohio, Bill and Ted's book. Did you just say that? Yeah. All in 91? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. 
And then there's another movie you. called Tune In Tomorrow from 1990. I don't know anything about that movie. Do you? No. no, 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 never heard of it. Yeah. So I mean, his uh, he was like he was on his way up in the sense of that yeah the way that most people are on their way up. You don't know any of their early credits, or they're so small and them are irrelevant. Yeah, he had five. He had five or six things at this point that had been like noteworthy, but mm-hmm. not like big deals. So like other than Bill and Ted's, right. that was that the was one. the one. I think his first movie or one of his first movies is a hockey movie from '86 called Youngblood. With, Lo, with Rob Lowe and Patrick Swayze. And, yeah. Have you seen it? <laughs> and we talked about it on the uh, the Guilty Movie Pleasures crossover with the Yeah, Cougar. I remember it, yeah. Um, but, yeah, he's a goalie on the Canadian hockey team that, like, that Rob Lowe goes to, like, join the team. And Swayze's the badass on the team. Okay. And Keanu's, like, the goofy goalie. He only has a few lines. But there's that. There's River's Edge, which is, like, a weird murder movie that's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, My Own Private Idaho is pretty relevant. He's in that with the River Phoenix. And then... Yeah, not much else, and then this, and obviously this was the first action role, and then he goes into speed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. gets much bigger. So um, we can talk a little bit about production on this movie. We don't have to harp on it too yeah, much. Yeah, it's not. There's a whole. I mean, the, that's the weird thing about this movie is other than uh, Bigelow, most most of these people kind of fell off. Yeah, Bigelow is is very interesting for those of you that like. I mean, some of you probably know her name now because she won the Academy Award for Best Director for Hurt Locker. First female to ever win Best Director. Like, she yeah. was huge. And the she, movie's amazing. She was married to James Cameron from 1989 to 1991. So he actually is a co-producer on this film mm-hmm. for that reason. Um, they actually had to rewrite the script together because there was a legal battle over the original writer. Right. And there's also another legal thing about why he can't, why he's not mentioned as being a writer on it. Cameron? Yeah. Okay, yeah, I didn't know that part of it. But, yeah, it doesn't surprise me. Mm, of so they were, yeah, they were married for two years. Uh, they got divorced around the time this was over. You know, Cameron, we all know he's sort of a, a visionary, hard to work with, so I wouldn't be surprised if being married to him is also difficult. Especially if you're also a director. Yeah, right, completely. Yeah. But she really came into her own. Now, she's got a bunch of credits, um, some of which I've seen and others I haven't. So Just watching this movie, though, like, she, you could even tell back then she was a visionary. Like, she was a great director. I mean, even though this is not, like, an amazing Academy Award winning, like, any yeah. type of that sort of movie, the things that she did, especially with The Chase, yeah. was so revolutionary. And even now, like, when do you ever see a foot chase that's that good? And, yeah. Like, that close. And it was filmed 14 years ago. The action in this movie is really, really sweet. Like, it's, if you think about the fact that this is 91, it's the same year as T2. Yeah. So, like, we always compare things to Terminator 2, and this movie doesn't, it doesn't feel dated in the way that a lot of the action movies from the time do. Yeah, like, it, yeah. like the, the action feels like it, it, pa- it paced correctly. Uh, it's kind of like the town, <laughs> like yeah. a really old version of the town. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? I'd say so. It still holds up. Yeah. So, but she's got a you know bunch of credits of movies you guys have probably heard of. Obviously, the two recent ones, the big ones, were Zero Dark Thirty, mm-hmm. and then prior to that, The Hurt Locker, which is so funny because they're so different in tone than this movie. I mean, they're, those are such dark. Serious, yeah, um, autobiographical in like a lot of ways. Real and raw. I mean, those are my type of movies. Yeah, yeah, and they're they're great. But then you go all the way back, and she's got the uh, the vampire western horror film Near Dark, which has Bill Paxson in it. Um, Love Billy Pax. Yeah, that movie's sweet. I've never seen Strange Days or Blue Steel, which I was reading that that's referred to as her sort of like crime. Blue trio. Steel is there's a movie called Blue Steel, mm-hmm. and then this movie called Strange Days, and that with point those with Point Break are like referred to as her crime tri- trilogy. Okay. I'd like to see him. Strange Day is she won an award for back in the day, so it's like a movie that is somewhat well regarded. Um, but I don't know much about Blue Steel. I think I looked and it was starring starring a female who's sweet. Who I was, oh, uh, just Jamie Lee Curtis, and she's like a cop who's love Jamie Lee. Yeah, she's in like a cat and mouse battle with like a, like a serial killer or something like that. 
So sounds great. I kind of want to just go watch all of Catherine Bigelow's movies. Yeah, because they've they're all been good. Yeah, I've never watched K nineteen Widowmaker. Did you ever see that? I did. Is it like pretty bad? I mean, I watched it when I was young. Yeah, and like very, it was it was cool at the time. Seems hard to imagine that. Isn't that like around the same time that U five seven one came out yeah, too? Yeah. yeah, I watched both of them. I have a hard time imagining that <clears throat> Harrison Ford and Catherine Bigelow wouldn't have made a sweet movie together, but you never know. Harrison Ford has a sweet Russian accent. I remember I can that. Tell you that. Yeah, there's a line in the show where it says, "We do not negotiate with terrorists." <laughs> I can't remember how he says it, but it's very good. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. Uh, so yeah, the the writers on this, I thought this was sort of cool. Um, this movie was a was a concept essentially that was kicked around by these producers, uh, Peter Abrams and Robert Levy, and they found this young screenwriter, Peter Eiliff, and he was working as a waiter at the time in Los Angeles, and he got paid six thousand dollars to write this script. And he wrote three drafts, and by the time the third draft got written, he they, they sold it to Columbia. So he's still working as a waiter at the time that they sell a script for Point Break. But the thing is, that's in so the mid-'80s. Cool. Right. Long before the movie was actually made. So they started building sets, and they got all the production going, and casting was going. And then one day the movie got canned. And they had spent six months building sets, and they tore everything down in a day. And he just watched his dream just crumble. Just, yeah. So a few years later was when Catherine Bigelow and James Cameron resurrected the script. Um, and they made it the first release under Largo, Largo Pictures, which you see in the trailer. Um, that was their production company. And so uh, that was, you know, I think that probably has something to do with the legal battle with the script stuff. Um, wouldn't surprise me. Right. Obviously, it's a long time ago. I don't know that much about it, but... Yeah, that's one thing that happens when we do research on movies that are super old and not super massive. Yeah. Because it kind of just all gets lost. Yeah, this is like, as evidenced by the remake coming out next week, this is obviously like a much more of a cult classic than, yeah. than the, when we'll get to box office in a minute, like, it didn't do that well. No, it, it didn't really do well in any facet. Yeah. It didn't open well, it didn't make a whole lot of money, I mean, it definitely made its money back, but... Yeah, it just sort of missed the mark a little bit. Um you know who I was thinking who could sort of be um, a guy kind of in, like, the, the vein of where Swayze is now? Who's that? Um, or I'm sorry, not Swayze, of where Keanu was then? It's almost like Zac Efron. Someone who you're, like, someone who you're kind of looking at and you're, like, you're kind of like a rubber person. Yeah. You're not, like, a real, but you're, like, kind of a good actor and you kind of get good roles. But if you got the right role, maybe you are a good actor. We don't know it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, the, the problem is, is that... <sighs> With new actors now, like new young actors, yeah. they actually have to be pretty damn talented. You can't yeah. just be good looking anymore. Like you saw what happened with Taylor Lautner. Yeah. And I'm sorry, you know, to those that are fans of Taylor Lautner, the dude can't act for shit. Right. And there's a reason why he just completely fell off after those that after uh, Twilight ended. Yeah. You know, he lo- he looked incredible. His body was insane, absolutely. Yeah. But like you can only ride that for so long anymore. Yeah. And so like to find actors, it'd be like a Taylor Lautner. Yeah. That's who would play Keanu. Yeah, Keanu, like Taylor Lautner, like. He's too old now, I think. Is he? No, I was going to say uh, Hayden Christensen's. Oh, like, yeah, exactly. Like, bad actor who's like the Roxy Stryer, uh, first first lady of the show. Yes. Loves Hayden Christensen. Yes, she does. She adores him. I don't know why. I've like hurt her feelings before by saying how bad of an actor I think he is. <laughs> she doesn't like that. <laughs> um, anyway. Sorry, Rox, we love you. Yeah. Hayden Christensen sucks, though. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, what, what are we talking about? Uh, uh, we can do producers if we want. I mean, yeah, I mean, the producers on this movie, weirdly enough, for as big of the names involved, James Cameron, Catherine Bigelow, I mean, Swayze and Keanu at the time, like, big cast, big script, big budget. Uh, they're just not that big. Like, really, ultimately, um, you know, Levy, uh, this guy Robert L. Levy, he produced Smokey and the Bandit in 1977, which is like a really big movie, obviously. Yeah. Um, 
but he and Peter Abrams worked as the primary producers on this film and worked together on some stuff. I mean, The Wedding Crashers is a big credit. It's a little more recent. Pay It Forward from 2000. Payback in 1995 is, like, kind of the same wheelhouse. But, I mean, really, like, you're not looking at this where you're like, oh, and they produced a ton of Mary-Kate and Ashley TV movies. That's their call <laughs> to fame right there. But, I mean, it's not one of these situations where you look and you're like, it's, you know, we're looking at Lethal Weapon. It's like, oh, these guys also produced Saving Private Ryan and Gladiator. Right. It's like, which you often come across is that these, the crossover, you know? Did you love Mary-Kate and Ashley when you were my, like, like 14 or I 12 or whatever? crush on them, sure. Right. <laughs> Moving on. Did you watch a lot of the movies? I watched a few of them. Because <laughs> you had sisters? Yeah, I know. Because <laughs> I love them. Alicia Vikander, if you're watching, I still haven't watched any of your movies. Uh, all right, so we'll get into critical and box office. Which was office. your favorite? How the West was fun. <laughs> it takes two. The Parent Trap. The Parent Trap was probably my. Wait, favorite. was that them or was that it... was Lindsay Lohan and Jamie Lee Curtis? What was their version? Though? Oh no, that's freaking. Oh, Friday. it takes two. Oh, no. That yeah. was their yeah, version. yeah, that was yeah, their yeah. version of it. Yeah. Um, Our lips are sealed. What's the? <laughs> Why one? can you name all of them? Was on a Paris from out Paris? of out of town? It was. I don't know. <laughs> Let me go home and look at the look at my collection. Uh, all right, so this movie was released by Fox uh, in July of 1991. It cost 24 million dollars to make, which yeah. is you know that's a good that's a good price. It time. makes sense. I mean, it's um, the same for the record. That's the same year as T2. Right. I mean, T2 cost 100 million. Oh, 100. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it made 43 domestic, 40 worldwide for 83.5 total. Uh, you know, it's, it's like four times its money. It's money. Yeah, four times. It's yeah. great. It's very good. Uh, it did open uh, at fourth at eight point five million, and, and what it opened behind it, it makes perfect sense. I mean, you got T two, yeah, still going. You got one hundred and one Dalmatians reissue, Disney, and then you got Boys in the Hood, which is kind of a classic. It's really weird if you look at those numbers. It makes you think that somehow the world wasn't all on board with Swayze. That's that's kind of what I, it well, seems that's, like. I mean, that's why what I was saying earlier is like because you and I were talking about who who was the guy in ninety one, and you you were you were like pretty adamant that it's Swayze and I and I don't disagree with you I'd say top five yes yeah, definitely was, it was him Gibson Costner those are the t- probably the top three Cruz Cruz is four and then yeah him Gibson uh, Costner Cruz and maybe someone like, else I'm not thinking of I mean you had the dramatic guys you had Hanks mm-hmm. you had like Hoffman you had Hackman probably be Hanks I think it'd be Hanks Beatty. but the thing is is that I still feel like he was on his way up Swayze. Yes. Yeah, because he's just early thirties. I mean, yeah, that's, that's... he just done. He'd only done Dirty Dancing and and Roadhouse. That was just Ghost. him, and then Ghost, and yeah. then this. So it was like, yeah, this guy had a lot of promise. He could do anything. It seemed like it. It's weird. It's weird that this movie actually didn't make more money. That it yeah. could get beaten out by. I mean, I guess T two is not surprising at all. Boys in the Hood is the only one that, that is kind of surprising because I don't think Boys in the Hood opened the same weekend. Yeah, it's really odd. Yeah. I, yeah, it's, I mean, it's before our time, honestly, like going and seeing movies. But uh, so we can pull up the uh, the charts here for Swayze's uh, his money, his lifetime adjusted. Yeah, I didn't pull, or unadjusted. Excuse me. Yeah, I didn't pull the adjusted this time. Um, I sort of felt like the unadjusted Jesus. ghost. I know. Yeah, I mean, Ghost made so much money just the year before. He he was on a run, man. He really was. Yeah, because that's the thing is like when you when you think about stretch. when you think about one of these one of these moments where a guy is the guy in our culture, like it's a guy who's everywhere for a minute. Yeah, and sometimes it's sustained, but usually after about a year or two, as a culture, we feel like sort of over, like saturated, oversaturated. You, I was just gonna say you cannot oversaturate yourself as a lead man. Yeah, and like Hardy almost did it for a little bit when he did This Is War and all that, and Gosling almost did it as well. Uh, but Pratt is kind of the the example of someone that isn't doing it. Yeah, he almost. I mean, he, I'm sure he could. Yeah, I'm sure he could have made eight more movies last year if he wanted to. Yeah, but he didn't, and it's good because like 
Guardians of the Galaxy and Jurassic World. Yeah. It's like, okay, dude, calm down. I don't want to see because these are these are movies everyone's going to see. Yeah, you know what I mean. I mean, Worthington did it a little bit. That was that's what. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what he did. Yeah, he. I mean, you can't in his position really fault him. Of course not. I mean, imagine being that age and being like, dude, we want to put you in everything he as was, the guy. He was essentially culturally a nobody, and he was an Avatar, uh, Clash of the Titans, and Terminator Salvation, yep. all in the same year. Massive. Like, what the hell? Yeah. How did that happen? Exactly, and then just done. Yeah, Game we just over. sort of didn't get tired really. of him. You know who did it a little bit was Christian Bale. He, he he did to himself a little bit right around the time, right around like oh public enemies and stuff. Two thousand seven or two thousand ten. He yeah. he did this, like a similar performance too many times. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a little bit back to being like legit again. But yeah, I, I remember when Terminator came out and three ten, and I feel like maybe maybe like Dark Knight was huge at the time. So we'd seen a little too much Christian Bale. Mm-hmm. Public enemies. Um, Anyhow. Uh, there's not really a lot to talk about with the numbers on Swayze. We just kind of wanted to pull them to just, I mean, look at Ghost, look at Dirty Dancing, and Point Brank. Those well, look the- at number 10. <laughs> Youngblood. Young yeah, Red Dawn, obviously, was a big one. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's the that's the crazy thing. If you look at these movies, like, almost every single one of these movies came out between, like, 86 and 91. Like, almost every single well, look one. At the, look at the opening weekends on all those movies that came out between, uh, yeah, 86 and 91. They're all above 8 million. Yeah. And then all the rest of them are way, way lower. So it was like, yeah, he was clearly the guy. Like, he was yeah. he was enough to sell a few extra million dollars worth of tickets. Yep. Yeah, you could bank on him. It's just a shame he didn't make more good movies. I know. Yeah. I know. That's why when you told me he was your favorite actor of all time, I was kind of just like, really? Yeah. Like, why? But him, him and Farley, man, they're I the same. It. Yeah. They only had a few, there, there are a few roles. <laughs> you saw them in that one scene. <laughs> Hard to tell them apart. That, like, I wish we had that scene. I know. I don't know why you didn't pull it. I don't yeah. know why I didn't think of it. Well... Yeah, it's probably too difficult to pull and play it, but... Ah, the show. Nonetheless, we will get into Critical. 7.2. That's hilarious. That's great. And it's just, it's so indicative of how much people like this movie. Of course, it's a huge cult classic. And it is that, I mean, like, there was not one moment last night where I was uninvested. Yeah. I was so all in. And this is a classic for our show, too, because it's 68-33-79 on Tomatoes. Yep. So you have 68 on all critics, 33 on top of critics. Of course. Top critics with their heads up their asses, and then 79% on Is this it? Audience. Is this uh, it, Mark? Give me a sec, guys. Oh, my okay. man. Okay, sweet. Okay. Um, yeah, and, and it's so funny. We were talking about this last night. There's these feel... This this feel, excuse me, yeah. English is hard sometimes. Uh, there's this feel to these movies that came out in the 90s that you just can't replicate anymore. Yeah, you can't. No matter it. who you, like, you put a Gosling or a Hardy in a movie like this, like that big of an A-lister with an up-and-coming guy, and it's this kind of, like, surfer boy premise, like, crime action movie, they don't, they, they all take themselves too seriously now. Or they're trying to, too hard to do something. They don't feel this good to watch like there's this specific feel this nostalgic feel of these movies the patriot speed this movie like all those mid 90s action movies yeah it's why we chose i mean that's why when we decided to do this show originally it was going to actually be 81 to 01 we extended it up to modern day because we wanted to be able to new new movies as they came out but there's this golden age yeah about that 20 years where it's like just the tone of the movies are different so like Gone in 60 Seconds is, in my opinion, right at the tail end of when movies stopped feeling like this. Right. And it doesn't quite feel the same as, like, a point break or a speed. No. But it's very close. It's very close. It's very close. And the the early Fast and the Furious movies, mm-hmm. the first one especially, there's just something different. <laughs> is this movie. Yeah, it's, it's the same movie. It's the exact same 100%. movie. 100%. Yeah. yeah. They even order the same sandwich. 
Meatball the, sub? The, the, the tuna on wheat. Really? He orders it for Jordana Brewster. Really? Yeah. I didn't even know Isn't that. Isn't that great? That's fantastic. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we have a couple of reviews here we pulled. We had Janet Maslin from the New York Times. A lot of snap comes, surprisingly, from Mr. Reeves, who displays considerable discipline and range. Really? <laughs> he moves easily between the button-down <laughs> demeanor that suits a police procedural story and the loose-jointed manner of his comic roles. I mean... I get that he's supposed to be a surfer, so like some of the bad acting is like he's a surfer. That's and, why I pulled it. Yeah, I thought it was so funny. I mean, he's downright terrible in this movie. Like, yeah, he is a. There's there's not one line where you're like, oh, that's good. Like, I'm not going to use it as my favorite line, but like the sequence when he's leaving messages for Tyler after oh she walks out. Oh my god, up, it's so good. He's like, he's like, Tyler. I lied to you. I had to because I thought you'd leave. Good guess, huh? Fuck! Why can't I ever say what I really mean? It's just the best thing in the world. The funny thing, though, is, like, I was sitting there having this moment of, like, back in the 90s when you would leave messages, and you'd say the wrong thing, and you were just like, uh, uh, okay, uh, let me start. This is all recorded. Oh, it's the worst. Damn, why am I so bad at this? And so the I pulled Peter Travers' rotten review saying that Bigelow can't keep the film from drowning in a sea of surf speak, but without her point break would be no more than an excuse to ogle a pretty boys in wetsuits. Which I kind of agree with him. It's like this movie, I will always say, uh, we look for movies on this show that are ridiculously legitimate, the mm-hmm. middle category. Movies that are extremely compelling, that have at least one performance that feels like you're watching something special. This one has three. Yeah, <laughs> and then just a whole bunch of awesome fist bump moments. Yeah, doesn't necessarily mean the movie has to be of the highest quality. It has to be engaging the whole way through. Some unintentional humor is great. This movie to me is like almost the number one. It's like this and The Rock are the two movies that I had in mind when I wanted to do the show. Was yeah, like the two those are the two movies that I watch that just make me feel so like there's just it's just good, just so good, just. Awesome. Like, complete. Yeah. Yeah. Just a smile on my face the whole time. Yeah. And that's why this movie is, like, very hard for a critic to characterize, and it's hard to explain, you know, Rocky Four is a movie that's just like that. Mm-hmm. Hard to explain to somebody who's, like, too sort of highbrow about their movies what makes it so great. Right. Because in a lot of ways, I can think about movies that I've watched once that I thought were fantastic. I mean, dark movies. Like, I'll take a movie yeah, like... Yeah, like, like Zero Dark Thirty or Hurt Locker. Yeah. How many times have you seen those? Once each. I've seen Hurt Locker a lot, yeah. but yeah. They're great, and I would gladly watch either one of them again, mm-hmm. but would I, like, actively want to go out of my way to, like, have a few drinks with my buddies right, and go turn on those... Zero Dark Thirty? No. Like, no. that's a different experience. So Turning on Warrior is completely different. That's why Warrior is, like, one of the <laughs> ultimate films for this show. The greatest turn on your movies, or turn on movie when you're drunk. Yeah. Excuse me. We've de- done it a hundred times. <laughs> Literally. Literally. <laughs> uh, all right, cool. Well, now we are into the... Uh... Favorite line. Yeah, this is hard. So again, guys, if you're watching or if you've just tuned in, we have a we have a Twitter. It's AMA Podcast. Tweet your favorite line at us or leave it in the comments. Let us know what you think. Uh, this is a very difficult one. I I've seen it so many times that I sort of it's the same feeling as fist pump, where I was like, I really have to have. I, I don't have a favorite line. I don't either. There's too many good. Like there's so many lines that I was I would like write down. And then yeah. like last night watching, I was like, oh, that's a good one. Oh, that's a good one. And then I was right. finally just like, I, there's two. Like how do I? Pay justice. Like, yeah. how do I honor this movie for what it really is yeah. with one line? Yeah, I mean, it, the one I started with was after the day of surfing, and then he gazes out, and you see Bodie on the waves, and it's like the music changes, and it's like, dun, dun, dun. and she's like, and she, he's like, that's Bodie that? Vasta. Yeah, yeah. She, she's like, that's Bodie. They call him the Bodhisattva. <laughs> he's a modern savage. And you're like, 
guys, she's like, guys, even crazier than you are, Johnny. Yeah. And like, you're watching, and you're like, I was almost my Facebook moment because when it happens, you're just like, oh, this is so sweet. That's the sequence where you're like so into the surfing that it just cuts to a completely yeah. different person on a different yeah. beach. But yeah, it's very good because you see it and you're like, oh, this guy's such a badass. You're like, yeah. there's no way this guy's not a total badass. Yeah. And then he runs up and he kisses the girl. He's just such a stud. Like, such a stud. Yeah. And Keanu doesn't even say anything. He's like, yeah, hey, Keanu's just. Ugh. I mean, and, but then the football game, like, I just, the movie is just endlessly entertaining. The football game is sweet. It was cool almost it, my Roach, first Roach, don't you know who this is? <laughs> this is Johnny Utah, Ohio State Buckeyes. Number nine? Number nine, man. Nice to meet oh, you. Johnny Utah, I'm sorry. Yeah. I didn't recognize you, bro. Yeah, and he's like, I knew it was you, man. What was it, three years ago? USC? Yeah, yeah so Rose good. Bowl? Uh, that's a good line. Yeah. Um, my first one was when he's talking about the other guys, and he's like, they only live to get radical. They only live to get radical. Just so serious. They only live to get radical. Yeah. <laughs> He's incredible. Yeah, I mean, that's... The if, Cruz, if Cruz could say that. Look, they, they only live to get radical. You know what's fascinating about this? You think Cruz could play him? Keanu. Don't say it. Oh, Keanu? Because the age. Keanu, exactly the right Cruz age. Cruz could play Keanu. In 91. In 91. It's totally... Thank God he didn't, because yeah. it's so much better. But I, I can see that. It, dead on. I mean, 91, that's like two years after Born on the Fourth of, the, 4th of July. <laughs> it's the year before A Few Good Men. Right. I mean, yeah, he's still super... Yeah, and he looks... Super young. He doesn't age. FBI agent, like, coming from Ohio. Yeah, it's like... Yeah. I mean, it's kind of dead on. All right. All right. Um, you know, before we... Before we... Uh, well, let's... Well, yeah, what, what do you got? What's yours? Oh, uh, what? Your favorite line. I just told you. Oh, what did you say? They only live to get. Oh yeah, yeah, of course, of course, of course. <laughs> that, that, that come on, compadre. Yeah, come on, compadre. <laughs> but see, the thing is, I want to just quote the whole movie. I know. That's yeah. why I've been trying to drop them throughout the show. Because yeah, right. like, I am an FBI. Yeah. Like you had to say that at some point. Of course. I mean, there's just like every every. Your job. Yeah. Give me, me two. two. Yeah. <laughs> Roach, you're cold because all the blood is rushing out of your body. You're going to be dead soon. <laughs> I hope it was worth it. How fucking annoyed would you be if you're dying and that guy's talking? You're cold because you're gonna be dead. Yeah. Like God, just let me die. <laughs> yeah. uh, or like the the other one that I was thinking about was when the first time you see Busey, and he's like, just sitting there talking shit. I've been in the service for 22 years. I fired my fuse over 19 times in the line of duty, and I got no idea what a blind man fetching bricks off the bottom of the pool has got to do with being a federal, federal agent. agent. <laughs> Add to which indignity I've been saddled with some blue flamer Quantico cat. <laughs> Some quarterback punk and Johnny Johnny Unites Johnny, for Johnny, Yeah. The shit they pull. <laughs> All right. Right. <laughs> this is amazing. Um, so uh, uh, we, we're going to get into hero villain ranking here in just a second. But before we do, we uh, we actually have the chase sequence that we were referencing earlier that I think we should queue up. Oh, yeah. Let's do that. This is um, sweet. Yeah. Because, I mean, this is like – and this is right after the shot that we missed where he's bur- yeah. he burns the place down. But, yeah, Keanu like just tackles him. I love that I knew more about this movie – from watching Hot Fuzz as many times as I have, because yeah. I'd, I'd never seen this movie. That's like a lot of people, though. I mean, this movie was sort of immortalized for a lot of people in Hot Fuzz. Yeah. You ever lay down on your back and shot your gun up in the air and scream, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> that knee again. Sorry, my friend. I love that Bodie just goes to his house the next day. Yeah, of course. It's so awesome. Yeah, so I guess they shot this all with like something they called a pogo cam. Yeah, it was like a they makeshifted a camera with like part of a steady cam and part of a hand cam. Yeah, and it's got like a it's got like a stabilizer to uh-huh. keep it like fairly, you know, fairly balanced the whole time without moving too much. But yeah, I guess they they shot it a bunch of times from every angle, running behind him, running in front of him. Um I think it's and it's all Swayze's stunt double in this scene. Oh, is it? Cuz he was he was off filming something else. Okay. Um, but his stunt double in the interview is just like, he was such an incredible athlete. He was like in such great shape. Uh, he was like, I really had to be in, in pretty amazing shape to be able to do this, the stunts in this movie correctly. I like that halfway through it, they just start 
kicking other people's asses that are in their way. Yeah, so you know that Sway's his deal was that he obviously he most he's a dancer and he, right. he he was like raised as a dancer that was like his passion is what he was gonna do he uh, broke his leg super super badly uh, falling off a horse um, oh when he was filming uh, yeah when he was younger like younger in his career oh okay. and it took it took him a while for his leg to heal all the way it was like when I think it was in high school or college years is when he broke it so he continues to dance but like dancing competitively like as a career he ended up abandoning uh, and. Uh, Oh, and Keanu actually used to, uh, um, he was a star hockey player. Yeah, and right. And he hurt his knee. Same deal. he became an actor. He became yeah. an actor, yeah. <laughs> so he's pissed. Yeah. Trying to clean her house up. The dog. I yeah, love that he throws, throws the, dog. the dog. That's one of my favorites. Back off, War Child. Seriously. Because it's like, there's this, uh, that's what I love about Bodhi as a character is that he has this on-off switch. Yeah. Where he's like the coolest, chillest, most like zen dude. Yeah. But then when it comes down to it. Like he'll kill you, yeah, hundred percent, which is awesome. That's one of my favorite. But he won't kill too. Utah in the yeah in the scene in the bank uh, when the when the cop the undercover cops reloading right. And Bodie's just seen his brother get shot. He's like this. You is, see the, like the, you see yeah, the, like the rage on his face. Yeah, just to gun out and just like <sighs> great great kill great yeah. kill. Oh. Lays on his back, fires his gun up in the air, and screams, ah. Whew. Yeah, the Reagan mask, man. It's, it's so good. Yeah, it's so it's like it's become so memorable because it's such a creepy mask. <sighs> Those pretty blues. Not gonna shoot your brother. So good. God, I love this movie. I'm so (laughs) glad we did this movie. That's sweet. Um, All right, cool. So, uh, hero villain ranking and list ranking is it something we gotta we gotta pull up here? We do. We do. You keep doing that. I'm gonna read some more live chat. Okay, it's gotten rowdy. Excellent. Uh, Yeah. So, so we both did our rankings here, and uh, this time, uh, as opposed to in the past, when we just stare here, just like, "Eh, eh, eh, well, this movie's (laughs) as good as this movie, but (laughs) we decided to do our rankings first. So, uh, we'll do the hero villain ranking first. Um, I will start with with mine, which is predictably going to be significantly higher than Andrew's. (laughs) Absolutely. Even though, don't get me wrong, I absolutely love this movie, but you know, right? It's hard to. I get it. did I put John Utah on the list, or I don't think? Looks like I didn't put him on. Oh, I don't think I put oh, him no, on I mine either. I definitely did. Hundred percent. He's number fifteen for me. <laughs> really? Yeah, I put John Utah as my number fifteen action hero. Um, <laughs> Sweet. I just well, I was trying to figure out like in my mind which of these characters do I actually like enjoy on camera more? Who do I like? Who? And this is one of those really hard ones because yeah, the deal is we always say this: the difference between the the greatest of something and your favorite of something is very, very drastic. Unless it's Gladiator, yeah. But we do run the risk when we do rankings of like, there's no way that I believe that this is the second best action movie of all time. No. But when we get to the other list, it's my number two movie. Of course it is because it, it's just there's almost no movie I can think of I enjoy more. So yeah. it's hard for me, like, which is why I thought about how much do I enjoy the character of Johnny Utah. Uh, everything about the He's, he is incredibly enjoyable. Yeah. And not even because he's a good hero. It's just, just yeah, the character. It's great. So that's why I was like, I like him. You know, I think Riggs is a better character. I think Benjamin Martin from the Patriots better. But I think Utah is better than Rocky for Rocky. I think he's better than John Wick. Wow. Like, okay. So that's why I put him at number 15. I think what I'm going to do is put him at number 27. Okay. So you added him. Yeah, because I totally, I don't know why I didn't put him on there this morning when I was thinking about it. He's amazing. 
He's yeah. great. He's great. Yeah, all right. So I'm going to put him at 27. And then for my villains, I put Bodhi at number 16. Which is, like, admirable. That's like, good. Yeah. For, it's like, the like first a... time I've ever seen it. He's right behind T-1000. Yeah. It's pretty good. And I... he's sweet. I had such a hard time, man. I, I looked at all the guys that were all the guys that I was going to have to put him behind, and every time I was like, "I love that you have your top five done without General Hummel." I know. So who's going to get the bump? Hans Gruber, Bodie, Agent Smith, Owen Davian, and Tavington. Okay, here's my question for you: Is who is Hummel or Bodie better for you? Bodie, really? Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. So then Hummel's got to be three. Yep, Hummel's going to end up being three. Okay. I can already tell. Yeah. All right. All right. I, I respect that. I respect yeah. that. Uh, Which is I, such a sweet top five. That's a good one. Yeah. It's almost as good as mine. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's the hero villain ranking. Now let's get into where we actually put the movie. Yeah. And once again, this is the most irrational. <laughs> this, is, this is great. <laughs> Mine's like, my. okay, so I have Point Break at 21 behind Con Air, which is another movie that came out around the same time. Yeah. That has the same, like, does the same thing for me. Right. Essentially that it does totally. for you. Ben, on the other hand, has Point Break at number two. Oh, number two. Now, ahead of Aliens, The Matrix, Gladiator, The yeah. Fugitive. <laughs> I like it way more. That's like, cool, man. I totally respect that. The, the reasons I love all of those other movies, I like Point Break for the same reasons more. The uh, only one that I have to question is Aliens because Aliens is so sweet and yeah. it's so much more effective in a lot of ways. But at the same time, I could watch, I've watched Point Break 70 times. Right. I could watch it 70 more. Aliens, I think, is sweet, but I wouldn't want to watch Aliens Daily. What movie have you seen the most on this list? Point Break. Point Break, 100%. The only other movie I've seen in my life as much, two other movies, are Mortal Kombat 1 and (laughs) Warrior. They're like the three movies that I've seen the most times. I like that. I like Those are good ones. Yeah. (laughs) I saw Mortal Kombat 1 like literally a I watched the movie a lot. When I was a kid, like I would watch it daily often. My mom probably a hundred times. I didn't buy it ever for some reason until like way later on. She wouldn't, she she started to refuse to rent it for me. Even though it was like the cheap dollar rental. She was like, we're not getting it again. Yeah. I know every line of that movie. Yeah. It was more like, we're not getting it again. But you know. Sue Pax is saint. She is a beautiful woman. Yeah. Um, Um, So that's that. Uh, We're going to get into recast here. Um, Do we have, I think we might have the video queued though do we uh of, of farley and swayze oh now we're running a little gosh. short on time but no, we this probably is more can, important than anything that anything we could possibly do <laughs> oh my god for anyone who hasn't seen this sketch in its entirety watch it watch it now and then queue it up again where you can really pay attention we're not going to talk over it we're chippendales we're chippendales he's so lucky in a lot of ways that he has this. Like, oh, totally. Do you know what I mean? For his legacy? <laughs> I mean, really, both of them. Because because realistically... It was the number one comedy and the number one, like, yeah. heartthrob. Aside from, in, aside from like, I don't know, some scenes in Tommy Boy, Fat Guy in a Little Coat, maybe? What else did Farley ever do that was as, as famous as this? Dude, this is... I mean, there's so much. Matt Foley, Motivational Speaker, is famous. Brennan Brower here. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, this is like, you can... You this can, is, yeah, no, this is, yeah. When I had a Swayze... Huge. My, my birthday party two years ago was a Patrick Swayze-themed costume party, and I did I did Chippendales, and my... Uh, oh my gosh, dude, I have that picture of yeah. you and me dressed up. Yeah. Why do we not put that on the show? <laughs> and my buddy, who's slightly heavier set than I am, did Chippendales as well. And we were so drunk. Oh my god, it was Josh. I totally forgot. We were so drunk that we tore our shirts off in the living room at like midnight with the song playing. Uh, which it there, was just the two of them. There is, was, everyone else had left. There is video of that, by the way. Um, but I mean, like, literally every single person in the party immediately recognized like, what we were dressed well, of course. as. Because, like, yeah. 
It's so good. I, I mean, it's yeah, it's long, but we'll highly recommend go watching watch it. it right after this show. We're almost done. Um, <laughs> yeah, because that's the other thing is like the, when you think about those guys, the, the true classics, the guys with like, the best of the best ever. You know, those uh-huh. guys who were the guy. They have a sense of humor. You, you have to. You have to. You have to be able to laugh at yourself. And you have to be funny. If you're the funnier you are, the better you are at making fun of yourself. This is why Tom Hanks was always so good because Tom Hanks could be the guy, the Oscar winner, and then right. he would go on SNL and yeah, he would just he would kill, kill it. it. Yeah, yeah. Gosling's was great the other day. I mean, he broke a lot. Yeah, but it's in McConaughey's was great. Like it's yeah. really nice to see these people that can just. The good they have to laugh at themselves. Yeah, Baldwin used to just no, be amazing. One of the best ever. So anyway, uh, let's get into recast. So this is a, a weird one because there's a remake of the movie coming out next week. And we're not going to use any of those people because no one knows who any of them are. Yeah, they did They did a weird casting thing with that with that remake where they just decided to make Point Break like <laughs> as like <laughs> – Some guy just goes – the line – oh, it was Hearst. He goes – when at the end when Swayze says, if you choose me – it can only be because his body is so bad. <laughs> <laughs> only because his body is so bad. <laughs> They're like, uh, Hadrian has a lean physique, which is traditionally what our eggs have had. Well, yours is fat and flabby. <laughs> right. 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 No, no, Barney, no, no. <laughs> okay. It's so good. I can't. Losing it. Yeah. Uh, so this is a recast, guys. Once again, it's the first time we're watching the show. This is the part of the movie where we, we the part of the show where we take the movie and we either jump forward or we jump backward, depending on when it was made. We do a phantom recast if you were to remake the movie today. So I don't necessarily think that the new one's going to be bad. Uh, one of our friends who's been on the show here has worked on it. He said the stunts are amazing. I believe it. It's a little weird that they just chose to not really cast anybody. You need that guy. You need the guy. Even, like, the guy they cast as Keanu didn't bother me as much because you don't need a superstar in that role. No, you need the Bodie role to be a superstar. He has to be, like, and they might get lucky and it might be awesome and he might be great. But I haven't heard heard good things. I haven't heard anything. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just, you need, like, you need... You need the guy. You need Swayze. You You need need that that guy. guy. Yeah. 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 So that's definitely tough. But uh, we thought about it, and this is this this is our our recast. (laughs) Are we go first? Uh, Yeah. So we'll go from the bottom up. So we start with Harp, which is played by Mr. John C. McGinley, who I who could just play the role again. I love that guy. You know nothing. You know less than nothing. In fact, if you knew that you knew that (laughs) young, dumb, and full of cum, Uh, I'm going to go John Malkovich. Oh wow, he's like a little older. He's a little older, but I just like. The thing that McGinley does is he screams at you and makes you feel stupid. Yeah. The thing that Malkovich does is he talks to you and makes you feel really, really stupid. Yeah. So to see Malkovich just, like, sit there and be incredibly condescending towards basically what would be Keanu would be yeah. so entertaining to me. Yeah, I agree. I think that's good. Okay. I like Malkovich. Uh, I went with Frank Grillo. <laughs> Frank Turn Cam- your hip! No, I'm not Up and in! Frank Campana, very unorthodox trainer. Uh, yeah, that's who I went with. Very good. Yeah. Very good. Uh, He's in the show uh, the Kingdom on Audience Network, which I've heard is great. It's an MMA show. Do you know uh, this? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, I, I haven't watched it, it but I, I've heard it's very good. I hear good. it's great. I, I've been told to watch it a lot. Yeah. Um, so for Tyler, I went with Roxy Stryer. Did you really? Dun, dun, dun. Roxy Stryer? Roxy, our girl, Roxy Stryer. First lady of Action Movie Anatomy? First lady of Action Movie Anatomy. Oh, she'll be so happy to hear. She will love it. Hey, guys, if you're watching the show right now and you're on Twitter, I want you to tweet at Roxy Stryer right now and let her know that she was just recast in yep. the Point Break recast by Andrew Guy. That's right. Uh, I, I think that would make her very happy. And if I had to cast someone that <laughs> most everyone knew, uh, I would do Ruby Rose. Ruby Rose. She is a newcomer. She was in Orange is the New Black. Oh, yeah, yeah, The yeah. newer season. Her name she, is Ruby Rose? I thought yeah. it was something else. Something She's else the one else. that has the affair with uh, Piper. She's all tatted up, yeah. Mm-hmm. Her name... 
she I can totally see her. She's got the accent. She's smoking hot. She's yeah. got the body of a surfer. Like she would be good in this role. Yeah. And she's a badass. I went with Evan Rachel Wood. Yeah, she's beautiful. Yeah. Evan Rachel Wood, huh? Yeah, she's done the troubled thing a bunch of times. She's old enough now that she doesn't seem like she's in thirteen anymore. Okay, uh, and I've seen like recently, like she's kind of she looks kind of punked out. She got shorter hair. Right, I could see him really making her. You know, she, in the wrestler, she's kind of troubled. I could see if they they kind of went that direction. I love that movie, uh, the, the wrestler. wrestler. Yeah, yeah, it's great. It's one of my favorites. I uh, think she'd be very good in this role, and she's a good actress too. Yeah, yeah. she's very good. Yeah. Who did you get? Who did you put in for our boy Gary Buse for, for, for Pappas? For Pappas, Woody Harrelson. Yes. That's good. Yeah. That's really good. Because he's got to be over the hill. Yeah. He's got to have some humor. Yeah. He's got to be crude. I wanted to do Val Kilmer. I thought about it. I wanted to. I thought about but, Kilmer in him and Harp. I almost yeah. put him in both roles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I wanted Kilmer for him, but I actually casted Mickey Rourke. Also good. Which is, also I think, good. is basically Busey. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> at the time. <laughs> I wonder if he has as much humor at this point in his career. I don't know if he could poke fun at himself enough. You know what I mean? I think that he, ha- at this point in his career... You'd like he to can. think so. I would like to think so. I don't know. I have I've, I've I've heard, heard most good flattering yeah. stories, but uh, I'd like to think so. But if he could poke fun at himself, it would just be amazing. Uh, Johnny Utah? Who did you go with? Hemsworth. Chris Hemsworth. Really? Yeah. He's too big. He's too manly. Chris Hemsworth is who I cast as Bodie. You went with Chris Hemsworth as Bodie? Yeah, look. I mean, he's like, he he is him. He uh, he can get big. He also can get tiny. He's four. Yeah, hard of the sea, though. He weighs like 90 pounds. True. He lost all he the lost weight in the world. Weight, yeah, yeah I, he's he's like the and oh, hey, this is the most important Australian accent, Hemsworth, not American accent. He's not from Ohio, right? So you change the character, you bring him in with a foreign accent. But I cast him with it as I'm Bodhi saying, because of his Australian accent. Oh, so the he's a speed. Yeah. yeah, okay, yeah, that's good. I mean, I, I can see him fitting both roles. That's I think he's funny. a talented enough actor, but also cardboard enough at times. Yeah, exactly. That he could sort of do both. Yeah, he could totally play that. Like, miss, and I heard he was uh, good, really good in uh, the new Vacation movie. Oh, interesting. like I heard he was actually like the, one of the funniest parts. Huh. Um, so for Utah, I went with. I originally was going to do Josh Hutcherson. Yeah, who because I just hate him. Right. <laughs> I don't know you why. Don't like him for some I don't reason. think he's very good. And then when we were talking, I was like, "Oh, Taylor Lautner would be perfect because yeah. he's, he is that guy." Uh, but I'm going to go Shia LaBeouf. I thought about it. Good. I was this close. Yeah. Yeah. I had Theo James too, the guy from Divergent. Wait, this is his Bodie. This is his Utah. Didn't we just do? I didn't do my Utah. Oh, okay. I just gotcha. said that. I said Chris Hemsworth is my Bodie. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay, okay. So for Utah, I'm going to stick with Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, I thought about that, and I, I like it. Um, I like it. I think that guy's so talented. Me too. But I, I think he can play dumb, dumb well. Yeah. yeah. In some ways, I think he's a little too witty, so I wonder if he'd be able to pull off like dumb surfer as well right. as he'd need to. But I'll bet you he could. I bet he could. Yeah, I like Shia. Uh, um, so then, yeah, I did Hemsworth for Bodie. I was going to do Gosling, but Hemsworth is so much better fit than Gosling for me. Okay, I went to this person's Twitter to make sure that they didn't seem too old because I I felt like when I thought about it, I was like, I wanted to make sure I could make this casting choice. And then I thought about the age difference in the movie, and I was like, it doesn't really matter that he's. I hope you say the wrong name again, like you do. Like instead of saying Ricky (laughs) Riddle, you say like Ricky Gervais. (laughs) (laughs) No, because I was thinking like thirty four is the sort of the correct age, Uh but I went with McConaughey. And I did it because I we think... We talked about this a good amount last night, McConaughey being this role. He's jacked enough. He, he can, can be, yeah. He's taken pretty damn good care of himself. Absolutely. He can look good and young. I mean, in... in uh, he's like 45, right? Yeah, but in True Detective Season 1, which was just like two years ago, 
he looks, looks like, terrifying. Well, but when he, like when they show the flashbacks yeah. when he looks young, yeah. I mean, he looks like he's in his early 30s. Yeah, he still takes great care of Mid himself. Mid-30s, maybe? Like, he could totally, you know, with the right tan, getting ripped, like, he could totally pull this off. Interesting. And they say, a lot of people say that, like, the attitude of the two guys in their time, like, you know, older people who, like, lived through Swayze. Right. That they were like, he was 100% just McConaughey in his day. That right. was his character. He was, he was sort of the Texas shit kicker. People kind of knew that about him. <clears throat> I think he's a little too old, yeah. but I still like the cast. Because, <clears throat> in my opinion, I was like, he could be a forty-year-old. He could be forty. Yeah, it he, almost could, doesn't he could be matter. anything. It, it really doesn't matter. Yeah, it there's doesn't a reason. Really... I'm sure there's a reason they never say how old he is. Yeah, it almost doesn't affect the characters that I was thinking. Like it, you know, because he should be sort of like the older, older brother, mm-hmm. like kind of, you know, the character Keanu looks up to a little bit. So, so uh, audience, go to our Twitter at AMA Podcast and hashtag Master Recaster with either Ben or myself uh, for who you thought did a better jab, jab, jab. Better job recasting the movie this week. Yeah, and uh, let's get into <clears throat> categories. Let's uh, do it. So there are three action movie categories. Uh, one of them is totally legitimate. One is totally ridiculous. The other is ridiculously legitimate. One of them is like, say, the fugitive or a movie like Terminator 2, which really holds together well. It's, it's quite dramatic. It doesn't really feel like it's aged very much. doesn't really ever make you laugh unintentionally. It's just a really good movie. <laughs> this movie definitely doesn't do that. <laughs> uh, then on the other end, you have Totally Ridiculous, which is like Face Off and Con Air. It, they're kind of laughable all throughout. Sometimes you wonder, like, were you guys really not in on the joke? Because this whole right. movie's absurd. I'm just laughing the whole time. Uh, and they're good, but they sometimes will, like, lose focus. Like, you'll find too many holes. Yeah. You know? Uh, and then there's Ridiculously Legitimate, which is the middle category, which is sort of a little bit of both. Usually, it is driven by one really magnetic figure, somebody who's got a great, almost like awards-worthy performance, a really compelling story, a movie that's well done, but has a lot of unintentional comedy. So Predator is a great example of right. this movie. Um, for me, it is squarely in the middle category, Ridiculously Legitimate, because I'm so engaged when I watch this movie, and artistically, there's enough about this movie that I think is done really well. That it doesn't lose me. Like, stuff like we showed with The Chase. Yeah. Or, like, certain scenes. Like, some of it's just very effective. No, I completely agree that it's ridiculously legitimate. And I almost wanted to put it in totally ridiculous. Yeah. Because of how bad Keanu is. Because it's And, close. like, how just cliche everything is. Yeah. But, and Busey. <clears throat> but it does such a good job in the serious moments. Yeah. With the bank robberies and the deaths and the end. Yeah. And, the, and it, 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 it brings you back. Yeah. It's exactly where... We want our movies to be on the show, and that's in that perfect, middle perfect category. Ca- middle category. Yeah, we didn't even talk about like the skydiving hardly at all. No. I mean, it's so sweet. It's like, so sweet. And it's just, we said it during the trailer a little bit, but if you weren't aware, uh, Swayze was an accomplished skydiver, and they had to insist over and over again that for insurance purposes, he stopped doing free falls uh, during filming, because he would go and, and jump two or three more times right. when we were done filming for the day. And they were like, look, if you stop doing it, we'll let you get the shot where you jump out of the plane on camera. And you can just do that in the movie. Right. And he was like, okay. And so then he did that on camera. And that's the shot you see in the trailer. So good. Uh, And he's clearly the only one really skydiving. Yeah. Because it'll be like him free falling. And and then And then Keanu's like, (laughs) And then I get Johnny. Amazing. Amazing. Fucking amazing. (laughs) Oh, it's so good. Um, You know, I can't handle a cage, man. I don't care. (laughs) Yeah. My favorite thing ever. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, there's one more thing on the show, and it's called The Pitch. We're so good. We're getting really good at that. Yeah. Uh, we did this a soft pitch on this already because it's the other half of the crime right. you guys We're doing on. Kill Bill Volume 2. <laughs> Stoked. 
uh, can't Andrew, wait. you're fired. Um, <laughs> we, uh, well, firstly, though, we uh, we will not be doing a show next week. Oh yeah, because it's Christmas, it's Christmas, or whatever holiday you you know celebrate. So uh, yeah, happy holidays to you from us. The we'll, studio we'll miss you. We'll be closed. We will be home with our families. Yeah, and we'll come back strong with a vengeance. There's a lot of really exciting stuff coming in 2016, guys. We have a bunch of new stuff to introduce. Like to the a show. lot of new things. Yeah, we're really excited about it. So uh, next week we won't be doing show. The week after we will be doing Tombstone and Kurt Russell's sweet, sweet fucking mustache. I'll be a Huckleberry. Oh my god! It, it, like this is an orgasm of, of movie choices for us, dude. Our okay. I was before the show started. I was sitting here and I was looking at our list because we had it printed out of our rankings, and I was like, "Oh my god, look at these movies that we've done." There's 34 of the best action movies we've ever done, and it's just going to keep happening. We oh, yeah. keep doing more of them. So many sweet movies. So excited. Like the library, if you were to like give this to someone and be like, hey, you've got uh, six months to go, you know, abroad and this is like the movies that you get on your on your iPad. Right. Here's the fifty movies you're gonna get. Like, oh my I would god. Be, I would be so stoked. Yeah. So good. Um so we're gonna be doing Tombstone. Uh Kurt Russell has a sweet mustache in Hateful Eight, which comes out on Christmas. Right. Uh his original sweet mustache was in Tombstone. That's right. Uh arguably next to The Rock and Point Break, probably the movie that I think is the third most quotable, that and Predator maybe. Really? For me. I mean, it... Damn him. Damn that man. <laughs> Tombstone is remarkably quotable. Like, it's almost like yeah. the movie's almost just made for quotes. Like, I remember, like, to- watching Tombstone again isn't going to be quite as foreign as watching uh, Point Break. Yeah. Because I've, I've seen it a couple more times, but still... Very, yeah. like, very minimal. It's exciting. I'm stoked. It's a very good one. So, guys, uh, get ready for that. Watch Tombstone. Otherwise, have a great, great holiday. Thank you for tuning in. Feel free to check out the Twitter AMA podcast. You can find me at Ben Bateman Media. Uh, you can find me at Andrew Guy. Happy holidays, guys. Thanks for a great year. Yeah. Thank you for a great first 34 episodes or whatever it was. Yeah. Take yeah. care. Bye, guys. From producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit PopcornTalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals.